0: whilst we recognize that there are many names in history, there's only one name in eternity. You have been given the name above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow in heaven, on earth, and even under it. Every knee, every name, whether great or small, it matters not. Every knee will bow and every tongue will confess. From the beginning of time to the end of time, all tongues will one day confess to the glory of God the Father, Jesus Christ Christ is Lord we're so glad Jesus that it all centers around you that's order that's the way it should be everything centered in you and we thank you that our world whether it recognizes it or not is moving to that one moment where everything in creation will glorify you with one voice. You are Lord. You are King of kings. And in that moment, Lord, we thank you. We will be among the company that will be exactly like you, conformed to your perfect image And all of the abnormalities about our lives that we see now will all be collected up and washed away forever. And we will resemble you in all of your perfection. And this is our hope, Christ in you, Paul said. The hope of glory, that is glory, to be like you. To resemble you in all of your perfection. Without any flaw, we thank you. That that is what we move towards. And we see it today. And we thank you for it. And though we may not be where we want to be, ultimately, we thank God we're not where we were. We are what we are by the grace of God. And we thank you for it. What a beautiful name it is. The name of Jesus amen hallelujah what a joy it is and if you're joining us from home this morning what a joy it is to be together as God's people celebrating and thanking him for his goodness in our lives you may be seated let's thank our musicians thank Noel and the team what a wonderful blessing and Haley on sound come on I tell you man we just make it happen Simon and Chong in the in the sin bin, doing the stuff. We just make it happen. It doesn't matter. We're just doing it and, um, you know, working together as a body to glorify Him. What a joy. What a joy it is. I trust you've had a good week, blessed week, and uh, we've had a really great week. You know, um, earlier at the beginning of the week, we gathered together as Connect Group leaders via Zoom. And I'm so excited about this next season in our Connect Groups. We're really, over the next few weeks, going to be just emphasizing again the importance of being in a Connect Group. Obviously, there's restrictions. We can't meet in homes. But the great thing is, we don't have to be isolated or restricted or alone in this time. And, you know, restrictions are tightening up. We recognize that. No problem with it. Listen, why don't you jump into a connect group? Just make the decision at the outset of this new year. Make the decision to get into a connect group. If you're watching online and you're not yet in a connect group, we would love to welcome you into a Zoom connect group. Sunday messages are taken, and they're just scribed, and we we just use the outline of the Sunday message. It comes up on your screen. We look at it together. There's discussional points, interaction with one another. Do you know what? I am so glad, honestly now, I say this with all of my heart. I am so glad, Faye and myself, that we are a part of a connect group. Really am, honestly. I need people to speak into my life. Faye needs people to speak into her life. We need to speak into one another's life. You know, we don't have all the answers. We need each other. We're a body. So please, use this time wisely. Maybe restrictions. We may not be able to do what we can normally do. But do you know what? We can make a decision to get online, to get in a Zoom Connect group. We have, this is exciting, right? We have 18 Connect groups, and um, some some new Connect groups have been added. Take a look at the website. We've just um, created a new web page, uh, a, a new pet web page on our website, and you'll see it right on the front of the on, on the front of our site, and it says join a Connect group. You go onto that page and you will see all of the connect groups that you can just register for online. We'll connect you. And obviously, there's going to be some teething problems, right? Usually is. But just keep persisting and you'll come through. And whatever we can do, right, to help you, if you're not in a connect group, whatever we can do. If you've got, you know, issues and questions like, and it isn't hooking up online, we will do whatever we can do as a team of people to support you and get you in. It's going to be important over this next year to not only have our Sunday morning meeting, which is vitally important, but honestly, I really do believe, and and I say this with all of my heart, from experience, I believe Equally as important to a Sunday morning service when we gather together is our, our uh, fortnight, fortnightly Connect meetings. I, I honestly believe that. It's so important. Acts chapter 2. Take a look at it. They met not every fortnight. They met every day. Not because they were told to. Not because they were told to. But there was a magnetism about fellowship about just coming together. Jesus was in the midst. They couldn't resist one another. They just wanted to be together and fellowship with one another. And there was a blessing and a, and a, and a momentum push of the Spirit on their fellowship, in, and they met daily, it says, in homes, broke bread. So please, take this opportunity. Go online. Register online. We will support you in whatever way we can. I think we've already had 80 people wanting to just jump on and get involved and get online. We'll do everything we can to support you, honestly. You'll get the study notes and it'll, I'm sure, really be a blessing to you. Amen? Amen. Well, this morning I'm going to speak a message to you titled, Faith to Break Through life's limits, faith to break through life's limits. We're going to be looking at this this week and next week, possibly the week after. We'll see how we go. But all of us at some point in our lives have come face to face with limits, come face to face with restrictions in our lives, obstacles that may be circumstantial, standing in our way, and we don't know how to go on beyond them. They could be external limits. All of us have experienced those external limits at some point. Maybe people around us are negative. Maybe people around us are trying to hold us back. External limits can come up against our lives and impede our progress and stop us moving forward in the way in which we need to go. And experiencing the wonder of Christ's life. Not only external limits, but also we can be governed and restricted by internal limits. Barriers of our own making, in our own attitudes, in our own minds. Our thinking holds us back. Our thinking restricts us. Our thinking limits us. Our attitudes... Hold us from going into everything that Jesus has for our lives. And we miss our potential. And we fail to fulfill the beauty and the wonder of this life that he's given us. All of us have come face to face with those limits and restrictions. They're very real things. And we've all battled with them. There are things that want to inhibit and stem the flow of this abundant life that Jesus has given us. But it's important for us to recognize them. It's important for us to place our faith in spite of the limits, in spite of the restrictions, whether they be external or inter- internal. It's 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 vital that we place our faith in God's Word and what, he has for our lives. Jesus put it like this. He said, came out with it one day. He just said, have faith in God. Place your faith and your trust in God when it comes to your life. When it comes to these limitations, when it comes to these restrictions, when you look at Jesus' life, very often he was always dealing with l- these limits and these restrictions and these things that tried to impede people's progress. He said, whom the sun sets free is free indeed. When he said that, he was referring to breaking restrictions, breaking limitations, moving the very obstacles that try to impede us in life. He said, I've come to bring freedom. I've come to remove those restrictions that hold you back and keep you down. I've come to take away all of those limitations so that you can move through them. And get beyond them. He's wonderful. He really is, Helen. He's wonderful. He really is. Because those very things that restrict us and impede us, those very thoughts that try to keep us back, Jesus lovingly takes on, takes them on one by one, those giants in our mind takes them on one by one and gets us on beyond them. Because he loves us and he's got to work and a purpose, and a mission for each one of our lives. And that is walking in freedom. Walking beyond all of these limits and restrictions that very often face us. Now over this week and next week, like I've said, we're going to look at a man that had great faith. Man who had great faith. An unlikely candidate on the surface of things. And as we look at his life, what we'll see is that he broke through life's limits. He broke through his faith. Broke through his faith and trust in Jesus. Broke through life's limits and life's restrictions. Everyone around him despised him. Everyone around him belittled his cry to Jesus. Everyone around him saw nothing great about him because they only looked on the surface of things. They concluded that he would never aspire to anything great because of his outer circumstance and appearance. Oh, how wrong it is to judge simply on externals. To judge on appearance. And that's what was happening to this man. Nobody ever thought that he would aspire to anything great because people just judged him by the externals and the appearance of his life. But burning within his heart was great faith. Burning within his heart, within the internals of his life, was a fire of faith that nobody could see. But Jesus would see it, encounter it, and reward it as he passed by on this day that we're going to read about. Blind Bartimaeus is the name of the man that we're going to look at this week and next week, possibly the week after, we'll see how it goes. And we're going to see that he had great faith, a faith that broke through every limitation That was in front of him. Every limitation that was around him and placed upon him. Great faith to break through the limits. Great faith to break through the restrictions. And he's an unlikely example of faith. But the Bible picks him up and uses him as a trophy of God's grace. As a message to encourage us in our faith. A blind beggar going nowhere becomes an example of great faith to teach us about this wonderful dimension of faith for us to walking in our lives. Let me read to you from Mark chapter 10, and we'll pick up on Bartimaeus' story from verse 46 through to verse 52 of Mark chapter 10. It says this, Now they came to Jericho, as he went out of Jericho with his disciples and a great multitude, blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, sat by the road begging. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, son of David, Have mercy on me. Then many warned him to be quiet. Oh, here we go. But he cried out all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. So Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called. Then they called the blind man, saying to him, Be of good cheer. Rise! He is calling for you. And throwing aside his garment, he rose and came to Jesus. So Jesus answered and said to him, this is amazing. What do you want me to do for you? What a question. The blind man said to him, Rabbi, that I may receive my sight. Then Jesus said to him, go your way. Faith has made you well. And immediately he received his sight and followed him on the road. What an incredible story. Incredible story of a man that had great faith. A blind man. A beggar. And we're going to look at Bartimaeus over this week and next week, possibly the week after. And we're going to see the dynamic of his faith. We're going to see the dimensions of his faith. We're going to look into it and we're going to encourage ourselves from this most unlikeliest of source. From this most unlikeliest candidate who shines forth with a faith on fire to receive what only Jesus could give to move beyond the impossible into the possible in this whole wonderful realm in which Jesus stood in and brought to him when he made him whole. There are many things that are impossible to man. Jesus acknowledged that. He acknowledged our limitations. He acknowledged our restrictions He acknowledged the fact that there are are many issues and circumstances that as people, because we're frail, we cannot move beyond. But that doesn't leave us ever hopeless, in a hopeless place. Because whilst Jesus acknowledged that there are many limitations and many restrictions that we will face in this life, he also said, what is impossible with man is possible with God open access when we come to God, when we place our faith and our trust in Him. The impossible doesn't have to remain a barrier. The impossible doesn't have to remain an obstruction. The impossible to our lives as believers doesn't have to remain a restriction. The impossible, on the words of Jesus Christ, can become possible because our God and our Father in heaven loves us and grants our requests. When we have need, when our hearts ache, He's always there and ready. This is what we will see. This is what we will discover. This is the picture of this man's life. You see, the amazing thing about every miracle that Jesus performed as he moved in people's lives is this, that there's a message attached to every miracle, a message that comes forth from every miracle. Beyond the moment of the miracle taking place, a message comes to us even in our day. We're going to look at the message that comes from Bartimaeus' life so that we presently and in the future, can move and operate in the same faith that he had. Now over this week and next week, we're going to look at five, five dimensions of Bartimaeus's faith as he broke through the limits that tried to bind his life, as he broke through the restrictions that held him back physically. Five clear messages about faith that come from Bartimaeus to help us understand how our faith can break through limits and restrictions and hindrances and obstructions that stand in our way. Let me give you just these five simple points, these five dimensions of faith that we see in this story about Bartimaeus. Firstly, we're going to see from this story that Faith has a voice. That's very apparent when you see and you read Mark chapter 10. Faith has a voice. Are you using it? You're using your voice? Faith has a voice. Secondly, we'll see that faith overcomes opposition. Thirdly, what we'll see and we will probably just covered these two points today. But on into next week, what we'll see is that faith is action with expectation. You don't have to just, you know, step out in the dark and hope for the best. And, and you know, case sera, Sirrah, whatever will be, will be. No, there's certainty in faith. Faith acts with expectation. And we'll see that as we look into the story of this man's life. And what Jesus did in it. And then we'll also see next week that faith is focused. It's going somewhere. It's direct. It's specific. It's focused. And then finally, we'll look at and see how faith sees a new future to follow. Faith sees. A new future to follow. What's wonderful about this story, as I read it, and as we read it together, is that you see that Bartimaeus placed all of his trust, all of his faith in Jesus. It's a simple story to read, a simple testimony. There's nothing complicated about it. This power encounter, this this dynamic miracle of Bartimaeus receiving his sight whilst it's a simple story. It's profound. You read it, you see how Jesus operates and how Jesus moves in this man's life. Because faith had a voice. Let's look at this first point. Faith has a voice. Bartimaeus' life would come to a complete standstill until Jesus passed by, until Jesus came on the scene. The Bible tells us that his life was broken down. On the hard shoulder of life, we could say. On the main road. Going out of Jericho to Jerusalem, there's Bartimaeus broken down in life at a standstill on the hard shoulder. On the hard shoulder of life. On the main motorway out of Jericho to Jerusalem, a man is bound. A man is restricted and limited. He can't go anywhere. He can't do anything. He's blind. But added to his blindness... He's also a beggar. He's at the lowest moment of his life. And for this man, you know, when you think about it, it would have just been easier to have kept silent. It would have been easier for him to have just kept quiet and not to have said anything and just hope for the best. To receive something from the crowd. He was reliant on people. He was dependent on the the, the offcasts of what people gave him. Completely dependent on the mercy of others. But on this day, as he hears that Jesus is passing by, something is aroused within his heart. There's a new hope for change to take place in his heart and in his mind. There's a new dream that things don't have to stay the same. He can leave his past behind and he can enter a new place of life beyond the limitations and the restrictions that he's formerly had. And he understands this in simplicity about Jesus. He hears that Jesus is coming his way. But the pressure for him to not break rank The pressure for him to just stay in daily routine would have been very real. Just accept your lot in life. Don't break rank. Don't do anything different to upset the norm. And very often we feel those very real pressures. But faith will cause you to break rank sometimes. Faith will cause you sometimes to step right out of the routine, and it will cause discomfort to many around you like it did for Bartimaeus. But if you're going to experience this liberation that Christ wants to bring you through your life, sometimes you just have to break rank, not to be nasty to anybody or to cause a ruckus on purpose, but you just have to break rank. You just have to Break routine and go beyond the limitations that, and restrictions that have formerly held you. And this is what Bartimaeus does. It would have been easier to have stayed silent, to keep quiet, for everything to just go peaceably by. But this man, in his spirit, senses this is not the moment to stay silent. This is not the moment to just stay in rank and just for everything to pass him by as it usually did. The Bible says that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. It doesn't say that faith comes by studying. We've got to study. Important. Study the word of God. The Bible tells us that. So that we might be an approved, able workman before God. No problem. But faith doesn't come just by studying. Jesus condemned the Pharisees. Because they knew the Scriptures and they thought they had eternal life as a result of their study and their understanding of the Scriptures. And Jesus said, no, eternal life is standing before you and you don't recognize me. I'm all over the Scriptures that you read, but you're blind. Faith comes by hearing, hearing the Word of God. And This man possibly didn't know much about Jesus, but he knew enough for his faith. To be aroused and to come alive. He hears about Jesus and faith ignites. And he can't just stay within the routine of daily life. He just can't let everything pass by as it usually did. This is a moment where he's got to stand up inside and begin to draw on the mercy that's walking towards him. This is a moment that he's got to take hold of. He's got to seize the moment, irrespective of what people think, irrespective of of the decisions that others are going to make. He has to do this. It's a moment that he realizes that's going to pass him by if he doesn't begin to express this voice of faith that's burning within him. Can I say this and I'm I'm sure you already know this but there are such moments in all of our lives there are such moments key moments in all of our lives where we know that mercy is passing before us where we know that Jesus is about ready to do something that's going to take us to a next stage a next level a new Entrance into an aspect of life in him that we haven't formally experienced. There are such moments in all of our lives. And in those moments, we've got to express that voice of faith just like this man did. What I love about this is you see that whilst the man... Think about this. Couldn't open his eyes. He could open his mouth. Just because you're limited and bound and restricted and impeded in one area doesn't close off all the other areas. The guy can't open his eyes. He's a blind beggar. Everybody's cast off. He's on the hard shoulder of life. Everything's moving away from Jericho to Jerusalem. He's languishing. He's being left behind. He can't use his eyes, but he can open his mouth. He refuses to sit in silence. This is what he teaches us. And when he heard... Verse 47 said. <laughs> Woo! Got to ask ourselves, you see, what we're hearing? What we're hearing? What we're hearing? We're always in a constant place of hearing, hearing, hearing. Whether it's the noise in our own head or it's the noise from other people's heads or it's the TV or the, 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 the phone or what we're hearing? What we're hearing? Well, he heard That it was Jesus of Nazareth that was passing by and he began to cry out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. The guy can't hear, the guy can't see. He can't open his eyes, but he opens his mouth. He doesn't know what direction Jesus is coming from. If it's behind him or if it's before him or to the side of him, he can't see anything. But he cries. He opens his mouth. And it wasn't a dignified, polite expression either. This was desperation. The phrase in the original language, to cry out. In the original Greek language, you can check it out. This phrase, to cry out, means to squawk and croak like a raven. Have you ever heard that? annoying sound of a raven or a group of ravens. There's no music in it. There's no sweetness in it. You listen to the birds in the morning and there's a, a sweet music that comes from them. But that croaking, squawking cry of a raven is untimely. And the sound is Is discordant and ugly. That's the very picture that the Greek gives us about this man's cry, this man's voice of faith. It wasn't pretty, it wasn't dignified, it sounded nasty. But he's crying for mercy because he's the one that needs sight, he's the one that needs the limitations and the restrictions moved off his life. He's the outcast. He's being left by the roadside in Jericho while everything is moving on towards Jerusalem. And when people are being left by, and when you're being left by in life, very often you hear the movement of the Spirit of Jesus passing by, and you realize that there's a new hope you realize that there's a new dimension of life available to you, not based on what people are saying, but based on a direct call to your heart from Jesus Christ by His Spirit. I tell you, when you realize He's passing by, the sound, the cry, the desperate voice from your heart, that voice of faith will come out, and it might not be acceptable to others. It might not seem nice and Tasteful, it might seem like that ugly squawk, that croaking cry of a raven, but it's that cry that God hears. It really is. People despise it, but God doesn't. And He's unashamed in calling for mercy. You know, mercy is what you need when everything you've done has failed and you're left. Restricted and bound and hindered by life. Mercy is what you call in. And mercy was walking down the street. Barabbas was on the hard shoulder of life. But roadside assistance was turning up in the person of Jesus Christ. And everything was about to change. Why? Because of this voice of faith that he had. Your answer isn't found in the promises of people. Sometimes our greatest disappointment is because promises have failed. Listen, the Bible tells us in the book of Psalms not to put our trust in people because a snare is created. But trust in the Lord. That doesn't mean to say that we walk around suspiciously about, you know, people. No, we love each other. When it comes to our trust and our hope, we place it in God. He'll never let you down. Bartimaeus focused his faith in God, in Jesus who was walking towards him. He refused, listen, he refused to sit in silence. Maybe it's time today for some of us To stop sitting in silence and mourning over things that have been, that have gone, that are no more. And now we're left limited, restricted, and hindered by life. It's a message for all of us to some degree, I'm sure. Don't sit in silence anymore. Bartimaeus tells us if he were here, maybe he'd say, don't sit in silence. Speak up. Speak out. Let the voice of faith be clear from your heart. What a beautiful prayer he prays. Seven words long, that's all. You see, when you're desperate for mercy and when you're crying out, you haven't got the time, the energy, or the mental ability to pray long-winded prayers. It's just seven words long. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And over and over and over again, he just repeated the, sev- the same seven words. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. He's not in a religious building. He's not got really any understanding of protocol doesn't need to have any understanding of protocol because God is pleased with faith. Seven words. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. His cry is being ignored by everyone around him. His cry is annoying. It's annoying people as they pass by. And he begins to cause a ruckus. This voice of faith. You see, change is beginning to occur. Not only externally around him, as people are being disturbed, but internally within him, change is occurring. You know, I remember once praying in desperation, of course. (laughs) And um, I remember saying this to God. God, can't you hear what the enemy is saying to me? That's what I said. God, can't you hear what the enemy is saying to me? Suddenly, the Holy Spirit spoke. As soon as those words came out of my mouth, he spoke to me sternly. You know, sometimes the Holy Spirit is a comforter. He is. The Holy Spirit is gentle and loving and he leads you. But sometimes the Holy Spirit, the Bible says this, Jesus said this of the Holy Spirit. He leads us all into into truth. He leads us into truth. And sometimes that truth will come and slap you up the side of the head. He he spoke to me firmly. I'm panicking. <laughs> I'm wanting pity. Sometimes, you know, pity will do you no good. God will comfort you. God will pity you. God, will, Jesus understands that we are weak. And, and he can sympathize with all of the temptations we face because he was tempted without sin. So he with, sympathizes with us. But sometimes... You really don't need pity from God. And this was a moment where I did not need pity from God. Holy Ghost said, sternly, I said to God, Can't you hear what the devil is saying to me? And the Holy Spirit responded immediately and said, Why don't you speak back to him? You see, I was sitting in silence. I'd lost my voice of faith sitting in silence, lost my voice of faith. I'm just listening and cowering and being bombarded by all of these restrictions and limitations that this evil, wicked, accusing voice was trying to place on my life. Holy Ghost comes up. Speak back. He's speaking to you. Speak back to him. My God, I just jumped up out of my skin and started to declare the Word of God and the victory came. Not because of me, just because I, I, I told you what, who I am in, in, in that scene. But when the Holy Spirit came and liberated me and changed me and moved me beyond that restriction and that voice of the enemy and told me what to do with the Word of God, suddenly the battle was over. Jesus, in the wilderness... The enemy comes to him and begins to speak to him. Jesus didn't sit in silence under that stuff. He'd been fasting for 40 days. He was weak. The enemy chose an opportune time to tempt him. But Jesus didn't sit down under that stuff. He spoke up. It is written. It is written. It is written. And at the end of it all, then he he capped it all off by saying this. Be gone. My God, that's how to win a battle, right there, with the Word of God. Faith has a voice. Let's use it. Let's use it. What's trying to hold you down? What's trying to restrict you? What's trying to limit this life and impede this life in Christ? What's coming against your family? What's coming against your children? What's coming against your marriage relationship? Don't use your voice against one another. Use the voice of faith to deal with that invisible force that's trying to bring pressure and trying to restrict and limit and impede your movement in God. This is what we see in this man. Faith has a voice. Psalm 107 verse 2 says this, Let the redeemed of the Lord say so whom he has redeemed from the hand of the enemy. When you say you're redeemed, it fortifies and it brings up to remembrance all of the wonders that God has done as redeemer in your life. And we are directed and guided to say so. Use the voice of faith in your life. 2 Corinthians 4 verse 13 says this, And since we have the same spirit of faith according to what is written, I believed and therefore I spoke. We also believe and therefore speak. Let's have that voice of faith resident in our lives. Let's have that voice of faith expressive when it comes to restrictions and limitations that are trying to govern us and hold us back. Let that voice of faith come out of you strong with the word of God to see wonderful blessing and deliverance and freedom in everything that God's planned for our lives. Have you ever had a power cut in the house? I remember when I was a kid, you know, we'd often get power cuts. And it wasn't because my parents weren't paying the bills through the meter. You'd just get a power cut. The lights would go off. And the first thing I'd say would, was this. Mom, Dad, the lights have gone off. Yeah, we know, son. We're in the house too. And suddenly, the known environment that I lived in, that I was familiar with, suddenly became hazardous and unfamiliar. Why? The lights went off. The lights went off. And you're bumping around and you don't know where to go and you don't know what to do. Why? Because the lights have gone off. Sometimes the lights go off In life, the the lights go off and issues that you face, you can't see through. Whether it be in your marriage, your family, your children, your work, lights go off. There's a power cut and what's normal and enjoyable and secure and safe suddenly becomes hazardous and unknowable and you're bumping around and moving not knowing where you're going, the lights are out. But the wonderful thing is when the lights go out, when the lights go off in life, we can use our voice of faith like Bartimaeus did son of David have mercy on me I don't know what to do with my job I don't know where to go with my marriage I don't know how to help my children the lights have gone off son of David have mercy on me mercy is what you receive when you don't know where to go or what to do and you've done everything you've tried to resolve a problem and the problem is deepening cry for mercy Jesus is passing by Jesus will stop restore your sight, show you what to do in your marriage, show you what to do with your children enable you to walk through that trial in your workplace and bring you into the fullness and the freedom of his life that he's given you call for mercy. The crowd around you may heighten the problem. The crowd around you may tell you that it can't be done but you're not going to them for a solution you're not going to them to try and get any kind of agreement or approval you're calling for mercy and to that call he will he will respond amen amen well we got through the first point (laughs) i'm not going to take it any further today I I was hoping to do the second one. But um, we got through the first one. But it is wonderful. This story gives us great hope. There's a message in the miracle that lives on beyond the moment of when the miracle took place. Voice of faith. You may be so low that you can't see anything really exciting about your future. You may be so low and so beaten up in your mind, not in your body, to everybody on the outside. Everything looks well, but inside there's a gnawing pain there's a gnawing emptiness that tries to constantly berate you and bring you down and hold you back. Sometimes it takes greater faith to forget the past than faith to go on into the future you've got to you've got to cut yourself free of all of those past things and it seems so impossible Jesus is passing by call for mercy, he'll stop, he'll call you forward what can I do for you Jesus I just like to be happy Jesus I just like to have joy Jesus I just like to not have fear Jesus, Lord, if this depression could lift, I don't want to take tablets anymore because they just seem to be deepening the problem. Jesus, please, would you take this depression away? Jesus, it's my body. it's, it's I, I'm bound with sickness, reoccurring problems. What do you want me to do? Jesus, please, the lights have gone out. In life, and I just want to see again. Well, I specialize in it all. I specialize in it all. And He gives us peace that passes understanding. Take this word today, whether you're here this morning or watching online, and go to the Son of David. Because you know, you know. What it is that you need. Whether it's love in your marriage, love in your home, love with your children, wandering away, you're trying to keep hold of, difficulty in your job, an addiction. I mean, we could go through the full list. And none of us, listen, none of us have got it cracked. Please don't look at me just because I'm preaching this stuff and think that I've got ticks against my name probably got more crosses. I got the cross against my name. Thank God for that. Like you have. But please don't ever think that I've got ticks against my name or faith has got it against hers. No, we're calling for mercy. The son of David, just like you are, he's going to stop. It's wonderful when he stops in your circumstance and says, come, come. Now, what do you want me to do? And you'll find You can find it, you you can sum it up in just a few words. Just like Bartimaeus. Want to receive my sight, please. And you'll see again. You'll see again. You'll see that you don't have to languish in depression. You'll see that you don't have to take on that spirit of fear. You'll see that you can take hold and captive of every imagination and bring it into obedience with Christ, you'll see that you can bring into order all of those desires, those sensual desires, those fleshly desires that want to lead you away from Christ. You'll see, you'll see, you'll see that whom the sun sets free is free indeed. Amen? Amen. Now do that. Take a moment right now. Take a moment. Because... Faith isn't just about screaming and shouting like Bartimaeus did. The woman with the issue of blood didn't say anything. She just pressed in silently and quietly. Touched the hem. See, faith can manifest in so many different ways. Never get locked in to just thinking it's got to be done this way. No, there's so many ways. Maybe we'll look at those as the months go on. Faith can break a roof open. So it can manifest in many different ways. Father, right now, you know our needs. David said, You know when we get up, you know when we put our head on the pillow. You would know where to find us if we went to the ends of the earth, if we went to the outermost reaches of the universe or if we made our bed in hell, you'd be there. You know it all. And we want to thank you for that. We acknowledge that. Lord, thank you. You know what we need. But today we come to you just like Bartimaeus did. And we ask you, we want to receive our sight. We hear you saying, so what can I do for you? How can I help you? Because you love us so unconditionally. Lord, open our eyes open our eyes to see what we need to see to move on beyond the limits, restrictions and boundaries that life whether externally or internally is trying to impose on us in Jesus name we ask it for your glory Amen Thank you.